Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. We're going to continue our series on how to have an abundant life, the secret to an abundant life. And for anyone who has not heard the first four teachings, we've already had four, um, I want to tell you what the secret is so that you're not sitting there wondering. And the secret to an abundant life is obedience. And I had to name it secret to abundant life because hardly any of us like the name or the word obedience. And so anyway, but it's the most important thing that we can do as a Christian because it's everything. If we don't obey God, then we don't have the best plan for our lives from him. I'd be like loving your children and raising your children, but if they never obeyed you, their lives would be so much different than if they did obey you. And so we can even see that with our own children. So we've already taught four sessions. This is the fifth on how God speaks because we can't obey God unless we even know how he speaks. If we are ignorant to how he speaks and he's speaking to us, then he's telling us to do or not do something, and we can't obey him because we don't know. So that's why we need to study the word. And you all know, too, I am all about the word. Everything's the word. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. So I taught last week that God speaks through the word, and I just can't emphasize that enough. I, I, I cannot. That is the most important thing that he does. So... Um, if you were to do nothing else but just hear the voice of God through the word, that would get you through everything in your whole life. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your love in this room. I thank you that you love each one of us, Lord Jesus, and I ask that our eyes and ears and hearts would be focused on you, on your word. Father, I thank you that you would speak to each one of your children in this room and each one of your children hearing this CD, that you would speak to their hearts, change their lives, restore their joy, and bring them into salvation with you, closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can't obey God if you don't know what he says. I mean, you just can't. And so, continuing on... I did want to say last week we talked about God always speaks through his word. And of course the word says, just as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and water the earth and don't return to it without making um, seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that comes out of my mouth. It will, will not return to me void without accomplishing the purpose for which I sent it. And we need to know that. We need to really realize that any time we read the word and any time we're around the word, that seed of the word never, never returns void. It always does something within us. And so we should never feel like, oh, you know, I'm just reading the Bible and I'm bored. And we also shouldn't rush through it because every word is powerful. And sometimes it's just one word that, that reverberates in your heart and changes your life. And so we need to know that that God's word is the primary way that we hear him and stay in his word and get in his word. And if you're not in, your, in his word, get in his word. I promise you it will change your life. And it's going to be one of the hardest things probably 
for you to do because it's the one thing that the enemy doesn't want you to do because he knows that if you get into the word of God, you're going to get freer and freer and freer and freer and freer. Why? Because Jesus is the word. And Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life abundant, and it is the word that sets us free. And so we know that we get free by the word because why? The Bible says, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, the truth is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except for through me. And Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word of God. He was there before the world was created. He was there as the world was created. Read the beginning of John. It's exciting. And so... Reading the word sets us free. Hearing the word sets us free. And so you can even work on yourself at getting free from anger or getting free from an addiction or getting free from bitterness or getting free from an oppressive um, spirit. But really, it's the word. It's Jesus Christ who is alive, who hasn't changed, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who will set you free. And so get into the word. And get to know him because you're not reading a book. You're, you're opening up life. And that life goes in you and out of you and through you. And that life is also where you find your life. Because the Bible says that our life is hidden in Christ. And I just love that. That's so exciting to me that the closer I become to Jesus and the more I know him and love him and obey him. And I say obey him because that's what we're looking at right now. And God himself says that he reveals more of himself to his children that obey him. And we do the same thing. We honor and give blessing to and reveal more of our hearts to our children as they obey and mature. As they obey and mature, they know more of the heart of you as the parent, or me as the parent. So this is why this is so exciting, because we all want to grow as Christians. I mean, I, I do. I want to be different than I was yesterday. I don't want to look back. Well, here we are. I don't want to go to January 2008 and have the exact same New Year's resolutions as I had in January 1995. You know, I want to grow, and yet I can't just determine that I'm going to grow. Positive thinking will get you pretty far, but it will not lead you into a victorious life. Only Jesus Christ will lead you into a victorious life. Because there's some things you just can't positively overthink. I mean, some things aren't positive, and you have to have a miracle. And you have to have God totally change your mind, renew your mind. Just like Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind with the word of God. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And we all want the will of God in our lives. And so obedience is so, so important. And we hear the voice of God so that we can obey God through his word. That is the safest way to hear God. We talked last week about hearing him through the Holy Spirit through sound teaching, through prayer and listening, through prophecies, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and through parents, which can be your biological parents or even spiritual authorities. And we left off 
in saying that we can hear God in order to obey God through wise counsel. And that is really important. I'm going to read Proverbs 15:22. It says, "The plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed." Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. You know, God wants us to pray and ask him, but he also wants us to seek wise counsel in certain situations. And, you know, there seems to be extremes of personalities, you know, personalities that are just like, I've decided what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to do, and I don't want to talk to anybody about it. There's that personality, and then there's another personality that never even goes to God, but just goes to counsel, you know, asking friends and friends and friends and friends. And it's been joked about that they go to the, the phone instead of the throne. You all heard that. And so we want to make sure that we go to God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. We go first to God, but if we're in a situation that's a really important decision to make, then we also go to wise counsel. And if we are going to go to wise counsel, that we listen to what they say. You know, we need to listen to God, but also listen to others. One key to obedience is listening. Listening. You know, I, I've gotten to where now I, I swim more than I walk um, because of my back. But it's been a good change in a way because when I walk, I tend to return all phone calls and listen to all my voicemail and all this stuff. And then sometimes there's not as much time that I might have just to talk with God. But when I swim, there's nothing to do but listen. And it's just been an awakening to me. It's like he's waited all this time to, to talk to me. And all this time, I've been putting out so much noise, you know, good noise. Like in my car, I put on worship music or what have you, but lots of noise. And so, you know, listen. And don't be afraid of silence. But if you have sought wise counsel, then you need to listen to what they say. I've been on and am on a committee where we've advised and advised, and um, it's, we've not been listened to anyway. <laughs> so, and you all have probably been there too, like, why am I here? Because there's, no one's listening. And so we need to make sure that we as individuals if we're in a situation, we need to make a decision. Seek God first and then seek wise counsel and listen. That's why Kathleen Witten Ministries has a board. That's why I have a board. is because I need wise counsel. I need to seek people who are much wiser than I am, in the business realm especially, uh, much wiser than I am in life, and much wiser than I am in the world, and I listen to them. Matter of fact, last week we, we had a meeting, and <laughs> um, I have men and women on the board, but none of the women could come, so it was just me and the men. And I had so much fun because you know how women talk a lot, so 
I got to really talk a lot because I was the only woman there. And so I really talked a lot and expressed myself and re-expressed and used all my hand moment movements. And I just got so excited. And, um, and you know, men are somewhat patient. You know, they kind of let you. They don't interrupt you as much as women. And so it was great. And, um, yeah, it was. It was great. And um, But it was so funny because, it, and it was a great meeting. I mean, the Holy Spirit was so present. But they're going to have to have, they want to have another meeting really, really soon on the subject that they were talking about. And um, they had planned it. And um, I looked at my calendar and I realized I couldn't be there. And I said, do I need to be there? And every single board member except for my husband, all men, said, no. <laughs> I was like, I, I just started laughing. I was like, oh my gosh. See, my husband's so wise. We've been married for 18 years. We celebrated last Sunday. And see, he's not one of the ones that said no because he has to live with me. You know, so he kind of acts innocent like, you go if you want to, honey, you know. You're such an excellent part of it all. Oh, my goodness. Okay, another way that we receive the voice of God, that we hear the voice of God is pretty controversial, and it shouldn't be. It should not be, and that is in submission. And we're talking about male, female, husband, wife. I'm talking about husband, wife, submission in this circumstance. Um, But you also can have submission, of course, to authority. I mean, if you work for a company, you shouldn't be constantly bucking that company behind their back and doing the opposite of what your leaders are telling you to do. Um, But I want to look specifically at husband-wife submission. And you hear God through your husband or your wife. And the Bible says... In Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of the reverence of Christ. Submit to one another. And so it's not such a picture of imbalance where there is a mousy little wife who can't say anything and the husband knows everything and we're off balance. Nor is it where the wife dominates. The husband is the head of the household, but... In his love for his wife, he also lends an ear of respect to her opinion and she to his. It's submit to one another. And when love is there, perfect balance is there. When love is there, we don't have to make up doctrines. We don't have to try to figure out, you know, what is the right thing. And it it just, love works it all out. I want to read also Ephesians 5.22. Well, let me continue on. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wow. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, I don't know why any women are complaining about that. Because we just have to submit and honor our husbands. But um, they have to be willing to be crucified for us. What that means is they have to be willing to give their life, give everything. If that have that attitude of loving your wife 
wanting to help her and please her. And um, as Christ loved the church, and you imagine how Christ loved the church with, with everything. He gave his life. And so that's a completely different attitude than perhaps we have even recognized. And again, it's all balanced out by love because, see, a wife that's loved by her husband submits and honors him. And, 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 and it just is cyclical. But I don't want to get off on a tangent. I want to explain how you can hear from God because of that. You know, when my husband feels really um, strongly about something, he usually can't explain it, but he's usually right. And I remember very distinctly, he rarely ever says anything negative about anyone. Matter of fact, in all the years that I've known him, I mean, I could probably count on one hand. Um, but when he does, I, I really have to be heads up. And he had told me that he felt that someone I was getting close to years ago was not a true friend. And, of course, I knew better than him. See, we hear from God through our spouses. And he was right. It was a very hurtful situation. And then spouses hear from us. Sometimes we can just, women can just feel things, you know. They can just feel things that maybe men can't feel. And we need to not dishonor one another by just blowing it off because that's the way God set us up. And we're actually hearing God through one another. And so if that relationship, which is really the biggest picture of us in Christ, of the church and Jesus Christ, of you and Jesus Christ, because you're the bride of Christ and he is the bridegroom, the most important, biggest picture of that is marriage, of course. And so that relationship is automatic unity. The two shall become one. And the Bible says if any two of you agree on earth, it will be done in heaven. But imagine the power of a husband and wife who are already one in agreement. And so it's so important for us to submit to one another, keep that love alive and work on that relationship. We will hear from God so often through that. I have people also ask me, well, what if your husband or wife is not a believer? I have seen time and time again that God has spoken through unbelievers. Of course, God speaks however he wants to speak. Think about Balaam, the story of Balaam. God spoke through a donkey. You know, we also hear God through people. That's so important, through leaders, through leaders, through other believers. Many people heard God through Moses, obviously. The people weren't hearing God. They were hearing God through Moses. Many people heard God through John. John 1.32 says, Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. The people didn't necessarily see that, except for the few people that were there. But they learned from John. They heard God from John. John became the oracle, the voice of God, shouting in the wilderness. And so people hear God through other people and through leaders, um, but not necessarily leaders, just through whoever God chooses. Many people can hear God through you. Matter of fact, when I was praying this morning about this, I thought, you know, every time I speak, just out anywhere, every time you speak, 
on the phone, in your house, at work, in the grocery store. Every time you speak, you're either speaking for yourself or God or the enemy. Every time you speak. And that is, that's pretty heavy when you think about it. Because we want to be oracles of God. We want to be led so by the Spirit that we literally speak God. And what I mean by that is he can drop something in our hearts and it just comes out instead of the criticism or the negativism that we like to come out, you know? And that's what we want to change. We, we don't, we are supposed to be known by our love. Christians are supposed to be known by our love. And so if someone comes up to you and criticizes someone that you also don't really like, because you can, you can love people that you don't really like. How many of you know that? Do you understand that? You choose to love people you can't like. Some, sometimes somebody's personality truly rubs you wrong, and, but you have to choose to love them and care about them, pray for them. Sometimes we have to love people from a distance in order to love them. You can love people you don't particularly like the way they act. And so somebody comes up to you in the grocery store and they also don't like the way that person acts. And so the first thing we want to do is come into agreement with that and say, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, that, though, is speaking out of our own self instead of speaking God. Speaking God is saying, you know, whatever he puts in your heart, but... It's saying, um, yeah, but golly, I have a lot of faults too, or whatever. And don't tell my daughter I said golly. She said that's really out. Um, But just, you know, I have a lot of faults too. Or changing the subject, or saying, you know, if you're talking to another believer saying, maybe we should pray, because it sounds like, you know, she might have a hard life. Um, And just turning it back into love instead of, speaking out of your own flesh, or even speaking from the enemy. And what I mean by speaking from the enemy, I mean that's the kind of stuff he wants us to speak, is, is criticisms and cause strife and cause division. Yes? Stir things up. So we hear God speak also through people. And every time you speak, you speak from you or your flesh, in other words, God or the enemy. Wow. That's why I think the Bible says be quick to hear and slow to speak. Because I think if we're not slow to speak, we're going to always speak from ourselves. Always. You know, I'm learning. Lacey's really good at thinking about what he's going to say before he says it. He's a little too good, actually, because there's long pauses, usually, before he says anything. And see, I, I want to fill the silence, and so we're working on that. But anyway, what I'm saying here is that we all need to be slow to speak. Why? Because we need to be quick to hear, hear and then we need to want to speak what God would want us to say. And I'm not saying that you just all day long, you can't say anything. You're trying to make a presentation and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't say anything until I get the word from God. 
you know, not to be just weird about it, but be open to listening to God because otherwise we just sound like all the rest of the world. And how many times have you gone home or left a meeting and got in your car and said, I really wish I hadn't said that. If I had just thought about it, I wouldn't have said that. Or that's not really the heart of God. That's not really who I want to be to, to say that or join in with that. If we had been slow to speak, perhaps God could have nudged us in another direction. So he speaks that way. He speaks through you. He also speaks to your own heart. Psalm 16, 7. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Your heart. And that is why it's so important what you fill your heart with. Because in the night, when your conscience and um, your rational thinking is turned off, you know, your heart speaks to you. That's why it's so important to get the word down in our hearts so that our heart can speak and God can speak. Our hearts speak to us. And sometimes without getting a lot of the word in our heart, we get so confused of, is that our heart? Is that God speaking? Is that me speaking? Who is speaking? You know, we don't know if we're accused or convicted. Am I being accused by the devil or am I being convicted by the Holy Spirit? I did a whole teaching on that many years ago, and I want to teach that in this class because that is so important. That is so freeing to know that. So your heart speaks to you. So be careful what you put in your heart. God wants to speak through your heart to you. And we got to get all the stuff that's clogging his voice. Unforgiveness clogs it. Bitterness clogs it. Addictions clogs it, clog God's voice. So many things, things that are not of God, clog his voice in your heart. And that's why he doesn't want us to have those things. It's not because he's just mean and because he's just on the straight and narrow, but he wants us to have a pure heart. And that's what David prayed for, you know, in Psalm 51.10, created me a clean heart. And renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence, but restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He literally said, create in me a new heart. And you can pray that. You know, God, my heart is cynical. My heart is um, negative. My heart is constantly angry at so-and-so. Create in me a, a new heart, a clean heart. And then the Holy Spirit is going to depend on you to get in the word so he can create and transform because that's the way he does it. A lot of people would like for me to just pray for them and have their heart change and be full of scriptures. It doesn't work that way. We have a part. And so I encourage you to do that because you'll never regret it. You will never regret. Never regret it. Music and songs and poems and worship speak to us. Um, you know, I just want to make mention of this. Sadly, many worship musicians sing to the audience or play to the audience instead of to God. And see, you, I can tell. You could probably tell too, but there's this amazing flow. There's this incredible flow. Even when a speaker 
um, or, or a musician or anyone is doing anything and, and they're doing it unto the Lord, there's this flow of God to the people. And I love it when musicians are really praising God because then it goes from them to God to the audience and it's powerful. See, there's difference between talent and anointing. Talent is when you can just go and play and you're awesome. You know, you're a great musician. Anointing is when you play under the Lord and then it goes back down to the people. And we can do that in every area of our life. I'm starting to realize that with speaking or teaching or whatever I do. I don't even think I teach. I don't know what I do. I think I talk. Isn't that kind of, you know what I'm saying? And I just realized it's not how prepared I am because I don't have all this written down. It's what is my heart to the Lord? How much time have I spent with him? What is my heart unto the Lord? And not speaking to you. I, I, I don't speak to the audience. I used to. I used to be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so looks mad. Maybe I, ooh, maybe I made someone mad. You know, if you could see your faces, by the way, you know. God speaks through children. Matthew 21, 16 says, Do you hear that these children are saying, they asked him. Yes, replied Jesus, have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? I remember when Maddie was a little girl and I was praying about some stuff and I had taught her that faith was obviously praising before something had happened. I mean, faith is is the evidence of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. And so we were praying and praying, and I was asking God for different things. And I finished the prayer, and she said, Come on, Mom, now we need to dance and praise. And I said, What? And she said, Yeah, because we prayed, so he's going to do it. So yay, yay. And I mean, I mean, I thought that is it. That is exactly right. God was speaking through her. You don't just pray and give God your laundry list of things to do and then think, Maybe he'll do some of it. Maybe he won't. You know, now I'm going to cook dinner. You need to praise with your children. Praise with your husband. Praise. And I forget that all the time. But God spoke through her to me. And he will speak often through your children to you. And it's embarrassing, isn't it? Especially when he speaks through your children to you by them behaving just the way you behave. I won't talk anything about that. Circumstances and opportunity. This is huge for today. This is huge because there are scientific theories literally that time is speeding up. And there is a scripture in Ephesians 5 that says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. I really think that's a scripture for today. Don't be wise, unwise. Be wise. Making that opportunity, taking advantage of that opportunity. I feel that God speaks so often to us through opportunities. And the word says make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because it may not come again. And it doesn't mean that every opportunity is God, but it means that we need to have our eyes wide open to opportunities and our ears wide open to the voice of God. That real estate may not come again. 
you know, saying you love that person and, and reaching out to them and writing a letter to them, that opportunity may not come again. Whatever God is telling you. I remember, I guess four years ago, God started telling me that, that I should do a conference called Dare to be Rare. And I thought, there's no room for that. There's so many things going on for girls. We don't need that. And yet God would not let it go. And so I, that was just an opportunity from something that came into my heart. It took a lot of people to make it happen. But I believe with all of my heart that if I had just blown off God speaking that to me, a lot of lives would be very different. I don't remember how many girls four years ago, we've had two conferences um, receive the Lord, but this conference, I think it was 14. And then lots of lives changed, relationships restored. You know, what are the things that are opportunities for you that God is putting in front of you that would so easily be something you could ignore unless you were listening to God? He speaks through opportunities. And you know what? People like to say open door, closed door, open door, closed door. That's really not biblical. I mean, there are sometimes when Paul said a, a door of opportunity was open unto us and we went through. I mean, it was that kind of connotation. But sometimes you have to kick the door down. With our son Storm and adopting him, the opportunity was there. The door was closed and Lacey kicked it down. You know, we have to know what the will of God is. Opportunity. And, and that's a great prayer, Lord, don't let me miss any opportunity. And then God will say, well, humble yourself and get in my word and I'll talk to you and you won't. And we don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to see some video presentation in heaven of all the things I could have done that God had planned for me, but I was too busy doing good things instead of God things. And I think I'm going to see some of that. And that hurts my heart to say that. But I want to change. I want to hear straight from God. And not miss any opportunity. He speaks. He also speaks through nature and seasons and animals. He speaks through his creation. 2 Peter 1.16 says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Psalm 8.3 says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. Absolutely, God speaks in nature going out someplace where the city lights aren't as bright and you can see up into the stars and teach your kids the Big Dipper and just know how awesome our God is, the, his majesty through nature. And he speaks. He speaks through nature. That's why we're so blessed if we can get out into nature because God created it. And yet we don't want to worship nature why worship the created when we can worship the creator? You know, even in the art world, people don't follow a painting. They follow the painter. They admire Monet. They don't admire and follow one of the paintings. It's the creator. 
and all of our worship and all of our love and all of our admiration should go to God, the creator. And it's when we see his creation that we are so moved and he speaks. He spoke to me. We were on a trip. We were actually on a, one of those little cruises out of um, Galveston. And um, in the middle of the night, my back was hurting um, so badly that I went out on the balcony, and it was probably like 1 or 2 in the morning. And this is very typical of my life. I mean, and I mean, just to see the waves, the awesome expanse of the ocean, the endlessness of it. The endlessness of the darkness, the depth of the ocean, realizing that there are places that we've never explored in the depth of the ocean. I mean, the awesomeness of God. I, I wrote this poem, and I pray that God speaks to you through it, because he does. He speaks through his nature. It's called Majestic. Lightning illuminates and thunder roars, wind whispers and eagle soars, flowers bow down heavy with dew and stars twinkle in awe of you. Mountains salute and children dance, the flat stone skips and the deer prance. Moonlight shines the darkness away and sunlight warms to greet the day. The butterfly flutters, the cactus blooms. The desert stands still. The seagull swoons. The song of life sings the crashing surf. Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The lion roars. The slow clouds pass. Snow falls. Then spring at last. A new year cheers the sunrise today. A rainbow appears as if to say, your majesty, your greatness still is sung by air, water, and hill. The lullaby of life, the hymn of birth. Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We need to hear from the one who is majestic, who created us, created this world, and has also created a plan for us to touch and reach other people. And time is short, making the most of every opportunity. And the only way we can do that is to prepare, prepare by listening to God, learning to hear his voice, learning to hear his voice. Whose voice do you recognize? The one who you've spent the most time with. All of us here, all believers want to recognize the voice of God. But you recognize the voice of the one you spent the most time with. You spend, spend more time in your own thoughts or do you spend more time with God? You spend more time with things of the world or you spend more time with God? I mean, that's the truth. Hearing him and then obeying him opens up this whole new world and also a confidence before God. I mean, I can tell you right now who knows that they're, even if you don't know it consciously, who subconsciously knows that they're in some sort of disobedience if I just said, raise your hand if Jesus came back right now in this room, would you be so excited? 
Would you run up and hug him and be so excited? Or would you be like, whoa, I need to go do a few things? <laughs> we are forgiven and we have grace, but we want to have a constantly clear heart and excitement towards God. And only Jesus can do that within us. But we have to choose to want to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love over us, your word, your goodness, all the ways that you speak to us, nature and people and most of all your word. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give every single person in this class a hunger to read your word, open up to the book of John and start, open up to the Psalms and start. Open up to Proverbs and look at your wisdom. Oh God, we so want to want to greet you every day. Be ready for your return and live the life that would bring others to your kingdom and make a difference. We want to do the lasting things. We want to do the God things. Help us to do that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll-free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, W-H-I-T-T-E-N dot org. Thank you.